Welcome to the Entertainment Engine. Welcome to the Entertainment Engine podcast. I'm Pete Moore. And I'm Bex Gregory. This podcast was created by our company, Seamless Entertainment. We're providing in-depth advice and information for creatives pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. It's a great passion of ours and we're looking forward to sharing our knowledge with you all. Each week, we'll be bringing our listeners some great entertainment facts and news mixed in with special guest interviews from seasoned professionals who share their insight and experience of the business. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on all streaming platforms so you never miss an episode. And what a bonus, it's totally free. If you would like to learn more about what we do, please visit our website at www.seamlessentertainment.co.uk. And now we're going to be starting with this week's session with part one on how music streaming works. Well, welcome again to the Entertainment Engine. Doesn't time just fly? I hope everybody's had a great Christmas. And Bex and I still wish everyone a happy new year and moving forward really positively for 2021. So to kick off this year, I thought we'd start off with something really interesting, which has been in the news quite a lot lately, and we wanted to dig into music streaming. So without further ado, how does music streaming work? Let's take a closer look. The adoption of streaming is most significant shift in the industry in the last several years. Even today, streaming services are looking for ways to expand their customer base, develop their products, grow their revenues, and find a sustainable long-term business model. Unfortunately, the music industry is caught up in the middle of all of this. Streaming has already changed the way the recording industry operates day to day, and in a way in which we consume and share our music experiences. Therefore, we have decided to take a closer look at the mechanics behind the music streaming and answer the big question, how does the streaming business work and how will it continue to impact the global music industry today? And for that matter, for years to come. Okay, the next point we're going to look at today, how does music streaming work? The overview. Music streaming works in a very, very easy way. A streaming service delivers data to a streamer in a small amount so that the user can get pre-buffered music that has been pre-buffered a few times or even seconds before playing your favourite tracks. Given the user has solid internet connection, streaming technology provides uninterrupted listening experience without ever actually saving the files to the user's chosen device. This technology and the streaming business overall developed a response to the music piracy platforms from the late 90s and even into the early 2000s. Okay, we're looking at the next area. Is streaming the answer to piracy? Hmm, let's take a closer look. The legal approach proved to be fruitless. Revenues were plummeting across the whole recording business globally. If you like, the industry buries its head in the sand. Various legal download to own alternatives entered into the market in the very early 2000s, with the most notable example of this was iTunes, which had been integrated into Apple's ecosystem, but even Apple could not match the appeal of the free pirate services. By 2008, IFPI estimations, 95% of all digital music was downloaded illegally. This music marketed needed a huge change. 
it really needed a business model that could compete with the pirates. Thankfully, it was not that long until the answer was found in 2007. Music as open music model, music streaming came to the rescue of the recording business at that time. It's really hard to nail down what or how was the first streaming service. YouTube launched 2005 and so did Pandora's interactive radio service. SoundCloud, the first on-demand service, was to focus on music launched back in 2007. However, if the question is, what is the DSP to apply the streaming model in the way we know it today, the answer is very clear indeed. Spotify was founded in 2006 and publicly launched in 2008 and is the first legal streaming service. Okay, we move on to the next point. A complete classification of music streaming global services. The core product of streaming market is unlimited. With a seamless access to music across the world, none of the streaming catalogues are fully complete. But the point here is 90% of users will not even have to look for more music outside of their streaming service of their choice today. But, however, as the market developed, new companies entering the market had to differentiate themselves. Spotify, who is the historical leader of the category. Those newborn streaming platforms took on different positioning, building the top core offer or unlimited music access and made the market increasingly complex moving forward. So to paint a full and clear picture, let us classify all the different types of streaming brands in the market today. Well, that's all for part one and I'll be back to you in a few moments to continue with music streaming in part two. But first, it's over to Bex for the facts of the day. Facts of the day. This week's fact is about how music affects us. They say music is a universal language, which I couldn't agree more with. I've been reading a study at a university in Italy, which showed that music is physically good for your heart. This is because music promotes a healthy cardiovascular system by triggering physiological changes that modulate blood pressure, heart rate and respiratory functions. The researchers also found that rich classical music phrases lasting 10 seconds long cause the heart rate and other parts of the cardiovascular system to synchronise with the music being played. The study tested 24 subjects. Half of those were experienced singers and the other half had no musical training whatsoever. The musicians showed stronger physiological responses than the non-musicians. Well, that's all for this week's fact. And now it's back over to Pete for the second part on how music streaming works. And a warm welcome back to part two. And we're going to kick off with Spotify. Is the pioneer brand of streaming? As the first product in the category, Spotify has earned itself a status of reference brand. If you live in Europe or in the US, you probably think Spotify when you hear music streaming. Just like you think of Google when you hear web search, for example. The facts became a massive advantage for Spotify from a branding perspective. None of the competitors were able to catch up with Spotify, well at least when it comes to paying subscribers, but Tencent Music have long passed it in terms of monthly active users so far. The streaming market is very, very complex, just like the whole music business really. As of 2018, there are over 200 DSPs that offer music streaming capabilities services globally. 
All those streaming services are put into the position of late entrant, having to differentiate their offer from Spotify because no one would use a streaming service. A, that would copy all the features that Spotify has. And to be fair, why would you? If Spotify already has done this, it doesn't make sense really. When Spotify first entered the market, it defined what the music streaming service is. So, if the competitor would make its product so different from Spotify, it would fall out of category, meaning that it wouldn't even be considered by the consumer as an alternative platform. Those two factors are the real essence of Spotify's advantage. All the other players on the market must find a balance between following in Spotify's footsteps and distancing themselves from the brand, and that is not an easy task at all. Okay, we can look on to the next point. Let's look at the ecosystem of the brands. The first group in this area, the streaming platforms that are integrated into the bigger ecosystem of services and products, are all the major international streaming services fall into this area. So the likes of Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon Music. All those platforms can challenge Spotify head on by offering a streaming service integrated into the bigger product. However, if you imagine the promotional effect of having your streaming service pre-installed on every iPhone, including a limited version of Amazon Music into every Amazon Prime subscription, or even leveraging Google Home users base to sell premium subscriptions, with such synergies, this allows Apple, Google and Amazon to compete directly with Spotify without differentiating their product that much, which is very clever. Okay, the next point we're going to cover today, looking at local brands. The second group in this area is the local brands that have developed as an alternative to Spotify within the local market. The Chinese company TME Streaming Services has around 600 million users are perhaps the best example, but others can be found all over the world. Russian Yandex Music and Josevari Music Korean Melon and African Bombay Play music and African Bomb Play music, the list could go on and on. While Spotify and the ecosystem brands are ruling over Europe and the Americas, most of the market outside of the Western world have their own streaming landscapes developed in absence of these powerful global players. And now international streaming brands have turned their attention towards those developing markets. The industry media are bombarded with news of Spotify, YouTube, Amazon entering new markets frequently, with strong focus on, on India and MENA countries. Most of those regions already have established streaming brands of their own, which means the global services, including Spotify, are put into the catching up position, which makes sense. And the question remains if they would be able to beat the local competition. Global players like Google and Amazon can come in strong, wielding their subscriber-based and unmatched marketing budget, but on the other hand, they might struggle with the local catalogue and culture-specific curation, which is a huge success factor when it comes to the domestic market. Developing markets are likely to become the main battleground within the streaming industry over the coming years, so this is certainly an area to watch. Okay, and today, the next area we're going to look at is the niche brands. The third approach in this area to try and overcome Spotify's advantage is in differentiating the product itself and appealing to a niche audience. Easier said than done though. The core offer most of the streaming services is unlimited access to the complete music library of the world, even if it's not complete. 
the point is you can find any song you can think of across Spotify's 40 plus million tracks and growing week by week. But an all fits all approach of global streaming services leaves big space for improvement. And this is where the niche streaming services come into play their part. The idea of niche streaming is that you choose a specific customer segment, think of fans of a particular genre of music and build a dedicated service for them. You will be able to create a better listening experience within that niche area. Classical music is the lowest hanging fruit, but several apps are applying the same niche approach across different music genres. We have Beatport Link for electronic music, Gimmer Radio for metal and even Tidal can be put into this category due to its connection with the hip hop world. Okay, and the next point, the semi-music streaming services. Last in this area, we have the digital service providers that, while used for non-demand music streaming, does not exactly fit the definition of streaming service per se. The most prominent example of brands are the historical players on the market and that were here even before Spotify came around, like Pandora, Bandcamp and YouTube. So let's take YouTube as an example. Even though it's primarily a video sharing website, around 47% of all music consumption in the world happens through this platform. TikTok was originally created for short videos. Not only has it become a music discovery tool for many, but it's also an influencer of global music hits. Semi-streaming services have the most precious resource of all, the active user who employ the platform as a source of music, which means that they can leverage the audience and try to convert into playing subscribers. Well, thanks for listening to this week's session, and next week I'll be back to you with even more interesting facts and information about the music streaming area. But now, it's over to Bex for the question of the day. Let's get started with this week's question. How long... Did Prince's Purple Rain album remain in the USA charts? So if you think you know the answer, please get in touch with us via www.anchor.fm forward slash entertainment engine. And you can send us a voice message right from your phone for free. Or you can simply email your answer to podcast at seamlessentertainment.co.uk for a chance to be featured on one of our shows. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Entertainment Engine. And thanks for listening. Join us again next week for part two of this session as we continue to delve into the music streaming area. Plus, we will have our question of the day and music and movie facts for our listeners. It would be great to have your feedback on the show, so you can always drop us a message at any time. We would love to hear from you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the show and remember to all stay safe. The Entertainment Engine.